Welcome to eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. We're excited to welcome Deborah Englehart Nash today. My name is Jacqueline Hurley, and I get the privilege of working with consultants in the dental industry. And Deborah Nash is part of our ESIS Dental Consulting Network. And I'm just really excited to have her here today. She's an incredible individual who is has been in the dental industry for like more than 35 years. And 38 years. So she's been, <laughs> that's great, which tells me you have a lot to offer the dental industry. And one thing I just want to tell you a little bit about Deborah is she's the co-founder of Nash Institute. And yep. it's, it's an institute for dental learning, which is a postgraduate training program for doctors and their teams. And she's a consultant, an author, and a captivating speaker. I personally have listened to you many times speak on many occasions, Deborah, and I feel like you know what it means to educate and to entertain all at the same time with story after story. So I was not surprised when the Chicago Dental Society awarded you the Gordon Christensen Outstanding Speaker Award. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment. So welcome, welcome today. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So since dental, we can talk about anything. We can talk about everything and anything. Yeah. Oh, awesome! What do you want to talk about today? Oh, you know, I, you know, I, there's a couple of I think that are, um, I think there are a couple of issues, and I know you know you and I have talked about topics. So um, I think there's a lot going on in the industry. Where, um, so let's talk about what we're not going to talk about. Um, I think team retention, although. A lot of things I have to say is about, you know, team retention and the great resignation. And and I think because of that, it's even more important now to hone the skills of the team members that you have and also to give them inspiration and motivation to progress in their position and in their profession to uh, make them want to stay. Um, and I think I don't think people burn out. I think people rust out. I think sometimes people leave because they're they're leave for a couple of reasons. They leave because they're bored or they don't feel like they matter anymore. And I love to offer solutions um, in how teams work with each other and how they work with patients so that they understand and realize their significance in the in the dental in the dental practice, which also goes back to um, helping the patients understand what it is we can do for them regarding their treatment. And how we incorporate um, their their dental uh, their dental plans, and how we talk to them about um, their financial investments. So I think I think the dental consumer today has become very savvy. The good news and the bad news is social media is our friend. It's also sometimes not our friend uh, because a lot of people, a lot of our consumers, hey, a lot of our our professionals go online to try and get answers. I mean, I see it every day, right? Don't you? I mean, they're going, that's why people are here. I think a lot of times patients go online looking for answers or they're looking for the right practice. So I think our, I think our consumer, our patient comes to us far more savvy 
than they were 38 years ago when I first started as a consultant. I was a dental assistant first. I matriculated to the front desk. Then I was recruited out of an audience to become a, a consultant. And then I started my own company in 1985. So, boy, I think dental practices have changed. Um, patients have changed. Their expectations have changed dramatically. So I think, you know, again, honing our skills to understand that and how we communicate with the patient. I mean, there was a time when we uh, talked to the patient about um, what they needed, uh, what they needed. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, you know, what the patient needed. There was no questions. They didn't go shopping. They didn't research. They didn't ask. They didn't ask Google. And now they are. Right. So I think we have to have the right answers for those patients who reach out to us and ask us for their, for our help. Well, I think so too. And I know that you, I know you focus a lot on first impressions and Mm -hmm. I think that's really important when it comes to, I mean, what is it about that first impression, that first phone call? A lot of times those, the patients, they've already been to Google, right? They've already even been to your website. They may have already even decided that they want to come to you as their dental professional, how does a front desk team member know the best thing to say to secure them and to just bring them in and make them feel welcome? Well, Jacqueline, you bring up a very good point because experts actually say that the patient has typically made the decision to choose you when they picked up the phone and called you. Um, now there, so so there's a tipping point, and that tipping point may be how that person on the telephone takes my call. And so many times, um, I hear offices. Let's say that you called my office and you said, "Hi, I'm I'm. I'd like to make an appointment for a new patient examination, or I'd like to have my teeth cleaned, or maybe you're presenting a problem." And the first question we typically many offices ask is, "Well, tell me what insurance do you have?" So now we spend the first ten minutes talking about insurance, exceptions, exclusions, deductions, what plan do they have, what they need to do, what they need to bring in. They have to have their card. They have to, you know, possibly fax in or email in all of their information before we appoint them. I actually had an office that actually did that before they would appoint a new patient. They had to gather all the patient information. Then they would call the patient after they verified everything um, before they would even schedule them as a new patient exam. I don't know how many new patients would go through uh, those hoops um, to make an appointment. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But I think what's really important is if we focus our first phone, our first conversation about dental insurance, it's no wonder that our patients start asking about coverage and about benefits and about deductions and maximums. We brought it up. We made it seem like it was the most important uh, point of the, of the visit because we, we mentioned it first. Not that we won't discuss that, but I think what's really important that Jacqueline, if you called my office and you said, I'd like to make an appointment for a new patient examination and have my teeth cleaned and checked, I'm new to the area. I, I mean, my conversation is going to go something like, Jacqueline, let me, let me be the first to welcome you to the practice so that I am sure that we schedule the appropriate appointment for you. And not only do we want to meet your expectations, but we really, we really strive to exceed the expectations of our patients. Would you, may, may, we, may I ask you a few questions? So I always say this is one of my, one of my rules is before you start asking patients or people, before you start asking your patients questions, get their permission. I mean, when we move it into asking, telling the patients what your treatment plan is, you should be asking them, would you allow me to tell you what I could do for you? 
So I'm going to ask you, may I ask you a few questions? And the most important question I'm going to ask you is not what your, uh, what insurance do you have and not your address and not your medical condition. If you have to breathe, you know, if you have any artificial body parts, um, if you have to be pre-medicated, my first question is going to be, Jacqueline, tell me what inspired you to call us. I love it. There's got to be a, there was a motivating reason why you called here. And I need to find out what that is. So when you say, well, I Googled you, and that will probably be many times the number one answer. You say, oh, so you must have read our reviews. So you have an idea of the way we treat our patients and the kind of work that we do. Was there something in particular that, uh, that, 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 that spoke to you or that really touched a chord or that was that matched what it is you're looking for? So we don't want to end the question, you know, I Googled you. Oh, great. Next. So was I'm so glad you found us there. We have so many patients who, you know, lo- love to um, revel about us. Was there something in particular that interested you, that piqued your interest? Or if they said, you know, I, 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 went, I looked up, I Googled you and then I went on your website. Ah, so you saw an opportunity to see our before and after pictures. You got to learn a little bit more about the doctor and our team. Was there something of, of particular interest for you? So we, sometimes we, we abbreviate the conversation and um, sometimes, I mean, I, I've had actually had team members tell me that the doctor gives them X amount of minutes to be on the phone with a new patient phone call. And I say, you know what? You take all the time you need to make sure that patient feels comfortable and confident that they've chosen the right office for their care. You want them hanging up and saying, I have never had anyone be so kind, so thoughtful, so thorough as this particular practice. And they should be excited about, I mean, I love it when I am on the phone and sometimes I have the pleasure of still answering the phone for my husband's new employer because my husband sold his practice. And now I'm the, now I'm retained as the consultant for the new owner. But when I get to answer the phone, I love to answer the phone because I know I'm the one that can tip the tip that for the patient. So when they come in and say, Hey, Where's Deborah? I'd really like to meet her. She was so great on the phone. I love that. When people ask for me by name because I made a I made an impression, that's really important to me. I love that. They say what? You never get a second chance to make a first impression. That's like an old saying that's been around forever, but it doesn't really ever get old. It doesn't get old and I also think you you only have seconds to make a first impression. So Jacqueline, if you called my office and I say, hi, um, Dr. Smegling's office, please hold. So, and the other thing that I always say when we talk about first impressions, um, I will never, I will never place a new patient on hold. I want them to have my undivided attention. I want them to know that this is a very important phone call. So the team has to maybe have a conversation about um, what do what do we do when Deborah's on the phone and she can't check out a patient or she can't take another call? I have one office in here in North Carolina, and they have a little note on a stand that says "new patient call," and they 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 put it up so the team, so anybody who's walking or anybody who's working in that in the business area, when they have that little stand up that says "new call, new patient," they know that Sherry or Sarah you know, they're not going to be answering, they're not going to be taking another call because they're not going to interrupt the phone call with the new patient. What a fabulous idea. I think that's such a great idea because it just really sets a precedence of what their priority is in the practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you want that patient and then you, you have to deliver what you promise in that phone call. If you promise that they are going to receive undivided attention and they're going to have an exclusive appointment, then you have to carry that through 
um, you know, when they arrive and how they're treated, that it's not a cattle call and, and that, the, that we spend time with a patient. I think sometimes patients fall uh, back to, they, they default to what will my insurance cover or how much is it going to cost because they did not perceive value in their visit because not, not enough time was spent having a, engaging them in relationship. And if you think about this, most patients, most patients, and, and actually once they say that um, 80% of the reason why patients choose dental treatment is not based on the clinical abilities of the doctor. I mean, typically the patient doesn't even know if the doctor is a good dentist. They base their, their decision to accept treatment based on the relationship they're developing with the team and with the doctor. Yeah. Now, how do they determine, how do they know whether or not the dentist is a good dentist, is a capable dentist, is a, is an, uh, a, a clinical um, genius, if you will? It, most doctors aren't going to walk in and say that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a great dentist and I'm a clinical genius or I'm a dental artist. But that is why the, it's the responsibility of the team to say, let me tell you a little bit about the doctor for whom I work. She is amazing. Not only is she a brilliant dentist, uh, a great technician, she is gentle, she is cautious, she is absolutely committed to providing the patients the best. But the other things, the other characteristics about her is she's a great listener and she takes your time and she makes sure that you are comfortable in every phase of your treatment. And I've been here for five years and I will tell you that I can really um, validate her integrity and her strength of character. That's amazing. How do you teach that to a team? Like it's one thing you make it sound so simple, but I feel like if you've got a front desk person who's been doing her same old, same old phone calls for five years and you're coming in saying, we need to switch this up a little bit. You know, we need to not focus on the insurance and the cost and all of those things. How do you, how do you, you know, that's a great question. Um, and I think what's really funny is when, when I go into, into offices and I just spent two days with a great, she's a, she's a great front office person and she is so eager to learn. She's new and not fairly new. She's, she's been in the industry for about two years and she was a dental assistant and she's moved to the front desk and she's just loving that she can have these enriching conversations with patients, that she can make it richer by having better conversations and that's not about insurance, that it's about the care they're going to receive. It's more fun. It's more fun to talk about how can we serve you and how you're going to feel when you're here and as opposed to the the protocols, and I'm, I'm going to use the word here, but I would never tell a team to use this. You know, it's not fun to talk about office policy. It's not fun to talk about, you know, here's what we expect from you. You know, we do that all the time. We talk about, to the, you know, here's what we expect from the patient. We expect you to bring in your insurance card. We expect you to arrive on time. We expect you to be here. And some offices say, and if you're not here, we're going to charge you a broken appointment fee and you better be here 15 minutes early. And it's, you know, and we tell the patient what we expect from them and it shouldn't be that way. It should, but here's what you can expect from us. I love you it. It expects us to be on time. It is very rare. It, it, it happens upon occasion, but you can expect us to be on time. Um, you can expect us to be absolutely attentive to you. You can expect your appointment to feel exclusive. You know? And so I think those are things. So I think rather than telling the patient what you expect from them, tell them what they can expect from you. Oh, that's a great, that's great advice. 
So how do you handle the telephone shopper? We kind of, you talked a little bit uh, about it. The well, one actually, we can, we can um, cover a lot of, you know, what do you, how do you handle the, the patient who calls about how much do you charge for? Okay, so 30 blah years ago when I was trained, uh, when I moved up to the front desk, here's what we were trained to say. We were trained to say when um, a telephone shopper called, we were trained to say, one or two things. Typically, it was this. I'm sorry, we don't quote our fees over the phone. Oh, wow. Okay. We don't, we, we don't say that anymore. We can't, we cannot say that anymore. We were also trained to say, oh, in order for us to give you an appropriate um, uh, quotation or appropriate charges, you're going to have to come in for a comprehensive examination. You're going to have to come in for a complete, and we make it sound so huge. You're going to have to come in for a comprehensive exam, a complete set of x-rays. You're going to have to come in for an internal screening. You're going to have to come in for study models. You're going to have to come in and be probed. Ah, what's that mean? What's that mean I have to be probed? I So I think that we have to, you know, we have to, we have to talk about, um, uh, so we're so so it's kind of it almost sounds like not that we intend it to be that way. I mean, we're loving, caring people in this industry. You know that people listening to this know that we care about our patients. Um, but it may come off to well, they're not going to give me any. Are, are they embarrassed about their fees? Does she not know our fee her fees? So I for that I would say you know what I'd be happy to discuss our fees with you. Yes. Before I do, can I ask you a few questions so I can get to know you a little bit better? Sounds like you're looking for the right office and you're looking for an office where the fees, are, where you feel that's going to be a fair fee. Tell me more about that. So I think that's, tell me more about that. And let me ask you a few questions. You're shopping. I Because think about how many, how many offices they may have called before they called you and they weren't met very kindly. And now you're going to be kind to them. So happy to talk about that with you. So here's one of the things, one of the answers I would have for that patient. Most of our patients don't choose us because of the fees that we charge. Our, 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 our fees are very reasonable and customary. I'll tell you more about that. Most of our patients understand and appreciate the quality of care that we provide. And that's what's really important to them. Our fees are based on three things. Number one, our fees are based on the skill required to do it right. And number two, the time it takes to do it well. And number three, the materials that we use, the laboratories that we that we partner with whom we partner, the professional team that that we we bring in, so that you know that you are in great hands, you are in great care in every phase of your treatment. Those those are the criteria of how we establish our fees. Um, if you're looking for, and I might even add this, and I probably would, if you're looking for an office with the lowest fee possible, we may not be the office that you choose. But if you are looking for an office that has a very fair fee for the quality they provide, we are going to be the office that you want. I love that. It's almost, it's like you're still setting that you, what you can expect from us, not we, what we expect from you. Yeah. So I think that's important. Now, once again, and, and, you know, my husband is for, you know, the practice still is a cosmetic aesthetic focused fee for service out of network practice. We get calls all the time. How much you charge for your veneers all the time. And I always say, I'm happy to, I'm happy to tell you how, you know, um, uh, about our fees before I do. Can I ask you a few questions? You obviously have chosen us for a reason. Tell me what that is. And we go into that conversation. So I think that's also important. So it's always, I'm happy to tell you when pa patients call up and say, do you accept my insurance? You know, we are on some plans, not on all plans. Happy to discuss that with you. And, and whether or not you're out of network, in network, if you if you do or do not accept insurance, I'm not going to get into that conversation during this call. But I think it's important to say 
we will do our very best to help you receive whatever dental allowance that you have. However, uh, we, we, have, we have made a decision in this office that we would not let the restrictions, exceptions, or exclusions of any plan compromise the standard of our care. We will help you receive whatever allowance that you have. Now, the advantage, see, once again, I'm going to go back in. The, one of the reasons I love outsourcing insurance to e-assist is that I've got experts who will absolutely help that patient um, receive their allowance in a very timely manner. And, you know, I have to, you know, once again, you didn't ask me to do this, but I would much rather have, uh, I would, I like to outsource as much as I can. I like to outsource the mechanics of the practice when I can, because I would like to have that person at the front desk focusing on the relationship with the patient. And so when I can say to that patient, you know what, we utilize a resource that is that are experts all across the country in 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 um, helping you receive the uh, allowance that's been provided for you. So I would you, I use the assist as a marketing and say you know what we we actually work with a company that helps our patients gain their dental allowances. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that because I feel like we do try really hard to take off that busy work from our practice so that they can be more relationship oriented. Well, Jacqueline, you've never had to do this, but I've had to do this where back in the day, now we can go on, you know, some offices will go online and they, they gather all the information, they gather all the benefits. But once again, let's say we have a difficult claim and it's taking months for it to be adjudicated and factored. So so my, my, my team member who could be on the phone calling patients about unscheduled treatment is now on the phone on hold trying to adjudicate uh, a claim. When I can outsource that, I can get that taken care of so I can be um, calling patients about their treatment plans, which you know I think is absolutely important that we always follow up patients who for some reason felt did not feel compelled to a point on the day of their visit there should always be a follow-up phone call. And so I'd much rather have my person doing those kinds of phone calls than following up on insurance claims. Oh yeah, and we all know you could be on the phone for a long time with insurance. Forever. And here's the other thing, sometimes people who might be listening to this might say, well, I'm the insurance coordinator. What would I be doing if I'm not doing insurance? You'd be having a lot more fun doing patient engagement. So now you could become a patient treatment ambassador. Um, now you could be the person who's um, calling those patients who had a treatment plan that they didn't follow through with. And now you're going to call them and say, I know we shared a lot of information with you the other day, Jacqueline, and you probably had a lot of questions when you left the office. Doctors asked me to, to, to follow up and reach back out to you to answer the questions that you probably had the minute you pulled out of the parking lot. That is so great. You know, I have loved our conversation today, Deborah. The one thing I've been thinking a lot about, and I think the one thing that has hit me is I love how you teach team members to really promote the dentist and his his or her skills, um, promote, you know, exactly what they have to offer. Because I feel like any provider out there would want their team to learn how to do that. And I don't know if that's a given, that's not a given gift that you're going to get from your team members unless they have someone like you who comes in and teaches them all about that and what to expect from the provider. I love that. Oh, thanks. Well, it, I mean, it's just, it absolutely works. And typically what happens when that, when that occurs, what will happen is the, the, there's a bond that is created um, between the dental assistant or the, the, uh, that auxiliary person, treatment coordinator, hygienist, whatever. And oftentimes the doctor will possibly leave the room. The last person who should have the conversation with the patient, the last thing that happens, not 
I got to back up because sometimes what happens is you go through your, your examination. We, we have a consultation and then I say, okay, now Jacqueline Marie out front is going to go over your insurance and talk about the fees and talk about, um, you know, your next, uh, your next appointment. And we release them way too soon. So as a dental assistant um, or as an auxiliary at the back, one of the questions I would ask you, Jacqueline, we shared a lot of information today, didn't we? And it sounded to me like where we really should get start, started on the upper, was on the upper left side. What questions can I answer for you about, about uh, your conversation with, with doctor? Or what questions can I answer for you about today's visit? Or what questions can, so there's, I think there's got to be that person who wraps this up and ties this up with the patient and says, we shared a lot of information. Tell me, tell me how you're feeling. Because sometimes they won't tell the doctor how they're feeling. They might say, wow, that was a lot of information. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. She likes to be as thorough as possible. You know, and I'm, I'm here to, if I, you know, if I, if I can help um, unravel some of that for you, I'm happy to do that. You know, what questions can I answer? You know. That's great. And you can also confirm or reconfirm what was presented at the beginning about the doctor, right? Absolutely. And I think it's also important. I, once again, I, you know, I still go into offices to consult and I watched a dental assistant. She, she did a really nice job presenting with visual aids. She brought, she brought the patient into the consult room and sort of dumped him and didn't, you know, kind of left and didn't introduce the treatment coordinator, the financial coordinator. And he sat in there kind of, and what he could be doing, sitting in there and talking himself out of doing this. Oh, yeah. So there wasn't, so you have to also be careful about the handoff. How do we hand, hand the patient off well to the person and when it's appropriate, when it's appropriate. So I think that that's, um, and if we go, I want to go back to the chair that when we are presenting that treatment, then rather than saying, I'm going to tell you what you need, here's what happens. Okay. I'm going to try and do this really quick. Cause I know we only have a couple of minutes left. So yeah. often this is time to happen. This is what happens. Hi, my name is Deborah Jacqueline. It's so good to meet you. And I'm Dr. Uh, Wilson's dentist. And here's what we're going to do today. Today, we're going to do a full master's x-rays. We're going to take some study models. We're going to take some pictures. I'm going to use the intro camera. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do, we're going to oral cancer screening examination. Doctor is going to come in. He's going to do a full treatment plan. He's going to do a comprehensive examination. We're going to get that all recorded on a treatment plan. We're going to figure out what your insurance is going to take. I'm going to tell you what you're going to need. And we're going to schedule an next appointment. I got 45 minutes, so sit down and shut up and you better not have any questions because I don't have time for questions. And we and that's how we start. And I'm I'm exaggerating it. We're never that but I'm, you get the point. But with yeah. exaggeration, you know, we do that. And the doctor comes in and does the examination and and sometimes doesn't even talk to the patient. Okay, so Deborah, who do we have here? Well, we have Jacqueline. Well, what does Jacqueline need? What have you guys talked about? And it's like you don't even exist right now. So we now we're back and forth having this conversation about Jacqueline who's sitting right with me. So I want to, so first of all, physically, I want to be on the same side as the doctor. And I'll say, you know, um, doctor, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Jacqueline. Jacqueline, I've had been having some conversations about what her expectations are, what some of her concerns are. Here's what I've, here's the information I've gathered so far with Jacqueline to help you with your examination today. Jacqueline, what else would you like to add? And so, and then when, after we've done the examination, I think this is really critical. Instead of the doctor saying, let me tell you what you need, a wonderful way to, to approach the patient is, um, would you allow me to tell you? Or with your permission, may I tell you what I have found and what I'd like to do for you? As opposed to, I'm going to tell you what you need. So I think one of the things that when, when we when we talk to the patient, we're not we don't say we're going to tell you what you need. We're going to say we're going to give you the information 
to help you make the right choices for your care. That's our responsibility. I love it. I know that. So my baby is dental zing and you actually have some courses on dental zing and you have a course kind of all about this, all about phone conversations and how to treat your patients. So if, if anyone wants to go to dentalzing.com, they're welcome to go find your courses on dental zing, but even the next step would be to bring you into the office and let you work. So I also have a book in the works. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I, you know, I want to put it out into the universe because then I'm accountable. It's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. happen. I made a promise by Chicago midwinter 2024. I made a promise that it would be, be published. So you're down to less than a year now. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's all, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. So before I share with the audience, well, is there any parting thoughts that you have today before we let um, you share how the best way to get a hold of you would be? Oh, I can share that. But I, there, I think there's one more thing because I don't want to leave out the important role of the hygienist. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we could we could have another 30 minutes, Jacqueline, on hygiene. But I want to make sure, I want to, you, you know, I, I'll tell a quick story and then I'll tell why I'm telling this quick story. Um, one of my... Um, remarks I make to many people is any strength taken to excess becomes a weakness. That's why I'm not a good dieter because I could probably be really good at it and I'd be anorexic. But, you know, you think about, so sometimes um, we are so social with our patients of record. We know them well. We know their cats, their dogs, their family. We go to church with them. We go to social events with them. We know them so well. And we, and the hour or hour and a half that we spend with the patient becomes a social visit, not a dental visit. Yeah. And we don't talk to the patient or we say, I know Jacqueline. I know she doesn't want to do those crowns. I know she can't afford the crowns. I know she's got kids in school. And, and sometimes that socialization gets in the way of being more impactful. Quick story. My former husband, John, great guy, he lives in Seattle, Washington, called me and he said, hey, can I talk to you about my dental bill? Like, sure. I mean, I know his dentist in Seattle. And I said, what's going on? And he said, well, I got charged for a recall exam. And I said, well, John, did Don come into the room? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, did he have some little instruments and he put in your mouth while you were there? He said, yeah. And I said, well, that was your exam. He says, he said, but you know what? He said, it was a social call, Deborah. He asked about you and Ross and Sophie, our daughter. And he asked about me and the movie I'm working on. And he said, he didn't talk to me very much about dentistry. It was all about our lives. So sometimes we have to be careful that we take that to an extreme. I came to you initially for your dental expertise. And yes, we have become friends, but don't let that get in, avoid or, you know, be careful about that gets in the way of making assumptions what the patient does or does not want or what we do or do not present. So I think the most important thing for a hygienist to do that a hygienist can help increase um, treatment acceptance from existing patients with unscheduled treatment Jacqueline, if you were a patient and I see that we treatment plan some treatment for you, maybe restorations, crowns, whatever, and you haven't completed them, before I start my hygiene appointment, before I start my visit, my question to you will be, Jacqueline, I see that doctor has recommended treatment that has yet to be completed. Tell me what has prevented you from having that done? Yeah. Your first comment's going to be money, probably money, or it doesn't hurt, or time. Can I say, you know, um, if money was an obstacle, think about Jacqueline. Think if we had done this five years ago, when it was originally planned, and think if we wait five years from now. 
So if money is the, is, is a concern, it will never cost you less. Right. If we can find a way to, 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 um, to make that affordable or, or, or factor work that into your budget, what other concerns do you have? Hygienists have got to learn that that's, that that's, that's a critical piece um, there's so many dentists out there who are striving or pushing, wanting to get new patients. And I always, sometimes I say, look back on the patients you already have and see how, how much unscheduled treatment you have in your, in your uh, practice. And that could be another amazing source of growing uh, your, your office. That's true. I feel like that's true. And I think a lot of times pe- offices are so focused on new patients that they don't even think about what they can do to build their you know, their income with their existing patient. Yeah. Because not only do you have to look at, I mean, we're not going to get into analytics too. So you and I could spend like, we could spend a week just, but not only do we have to look at how many new patients we're attracting, we also have to look at how many patients are leaving. We have to take a look at attrition, but we also have to take a look at, am I getting 30 or 40 new patients who are moving forward with the treatment or am I getting 30 or 40 new patients who are doing nothing? Right. That's, those are two different practices. Same number of people, but what are we doing with that patient once they get in? And that's where I come in. That's what I do. I love to help offices work with their patients, help the patients understand and appreciate what that office, what that practice has to offer so that they say, yes, that's, that's what I love to do. Well, and there's so many providers out there that need you, Deborah. So I feel like the dental industry is so fortunate to have you and and your sweet husband, Ross, Dr. Ross Nash, is <laughs> wonderful too. It's been such a treat to get to know both of you so well. So how is the best way if a provider is interested in bringing you into their practice for some, just some coaching with the team to get a hold of you? How's the best? Oh, you're so sweet. And they don't have to do that initially. I mean, you know, that can be done virtually. That can be, but I think the first place where it should start is, you know, is a phone call. I, and I'll give a, I'll do an email address as well, but you know, I think sometimes you you want to make sure just as your team members, you know, I become part of that team and it has to be a good fit. So um, my phone number and I give people my cell phone numbers because, you know, I, I sometimes I don't know what state I'm in. So I'm, you know, wherever I'm at, you can reach me with my uh, my phone. That phone number is 704-904-3459. My, I'm, I'm in the process of a new, uh, building a new website, but um, my old website's still viable and while my new website's being built. Uh, but my, and my email address is Deborah and I spell it D-E-B-R-A. And my last name is Tricky. It's E-N-G-E-L-H-A-R-D-T Nash, N-A-S-H. So it's Englehart Nash, E-N-G-E-L-H-A-R-D-T Nash at gmail.com. So you can email me, you can call me, you can text me and say, hey, can we have a phone call? I'd like to learn more about, about you or you know what you do and how you do. I probably in the last, uh, in April and May, May, probably in June, probably I'm doing a lot of communication workshops for offices, spending half days just talking about, let's talk about how we can uh, engage our patients at a much higher level. So they are saying yes to the beautiful treatment that you want to provide. That is perfect. And if anyone out there ever gets the opportunity to hear Deborah speak, she's an incredible, engaging speaker. And we love her that. And it's, I think we're at our time, but I just want to tell you, thank you, Deborah, for joining us today. I appreciate you coming and sharing your expertise with all the dental professionals and 
just thank you again, everyone, thank for joining you. our podcast. And thanks for listening, everybody. You know, you've given us a lot of your time, which is a rare commodity. So thanks for your time today. Perfect. See you next time. The purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist Consultant Network. This podcast is for informational purposes only. For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.